Welcome to episode three of Bottle Spark Ignite, the podcast that explores the influence of marketing industry the top to bottom. We interview people from every aspect of the industry so you can get insights into how this all works. It is September 5th and I am Amanda, the moderator, and with me tonight, as always, is JT and Travis. How are you two this evening? I'm awesome. Doing great. I'm very excited for this episode. This is this is one of the most highly requested things in our FTC help channel, and which has all of a sudden become legal help, I think, uh, because we also talk about other things. We got questions about Instagram and attribution and all of that kind of stuff. I'm jazzed. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> well, Travis, do we have any news from Bottle Spark this week? Yeah, so a couple things. First off... Um, industry type news is going to matter to you guys uh in case you didn't see on twitter uh and in the collective freak out that most streamers had uh september is back slash coming i don't know if it's actually fully up and live yet but basically what they're doing this year uh is if you have been gifted a sub um currently you can opt to extend that sub for one more month for a dollar uh if you're keeping track at home last year they did new subs were $2.50 which was half off this year it's even a little better you just have to have been gifted a sub to a channel you can send it for a buck uh and that's going on throughout September what's very nice is shout out to Twitch one time uh for doing this it's the streamer still makes their normal split which is usually 250 so it's basically like subbing for way less but your dollar is worth more to the streamer so if you've had a gift sub uh, uh, extend that for a month. You know, help help someone out if you're into that kind of thing. Um, beyond that, and personal news for us, uh, we are about to lock in rosters for both Wink uh, and Beard.com. So do exclamation point Wink uh, or exclamation point Beard in our chat uh, to get information on those. So those are opportunities that are about to close until next time. So don't miss out on it. Get involved there. More information in the links. Um, with that as well, the influencer dashboard. So you're logging on our site that we were talking about last week. Um, the test is going well. JT, do, do we know when that might be available for everyone? Um, that's a good question. Soon TM. Uh, <laughs> soon um, TM, yes. Soon TM. Uh, but the, the tests are going well so far. So that will be coming soon. Look forward to that. Uh, and then also for this show, very excited. Um, we are going to be posting the audio only versions to anchor spotify itunes will be soon uh and i think we're also gonna be putting the video out on youtube um starting this week as well so you if you missed it or you want to go back and 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 listen to the advice or whatever it is again uh you can go to any of those locations um make sure you uh you've you've Click the follow. There's a follow thing in Spotify you can do, so that way you always have access to the newest episodes. And again, iTunes should be coming soon. There's also a whole host of other ones that it's available on, like Pocket Casts and other apps that I've never heard of that I've been getting emails all week that's saying, hey, your podcast is available on a service. So anywhere you would get a podcast, you can now listen to the audio of these episodes there every week. Very excited about that. Uh, And that's pretty much it news-wise. Let's get to the fun stuff. Yes. Well, tonight we are joined by Jamie Lieberman of Hashtag Legal. She helps influencers with legal advice as well as running her own podcast, the Business Seas Influencer Marketing Podcast, where she also interviews people from the industry. How are you tonight, Jamie? I'm great. Thank you. (laughs) 
So I'm going to roll right into some questions. We have a whole pile from our FTC channel. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch you a softball. Okay. Uh, and so when people are tweeting out affiliate links, do they have to put hashtag ad or hashtag affiliate link or hashtag sponsored on every single tweet? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now Short let's, <laughs> right. well, I'm men that for you. You don't have to use those specific hashtags. All you have to do is have a clear and conspicuous disclosure. And that's the legal speak. That can mean a lot of things. But I look at all FTC disclosures through what I call my mom test. My mom is in her 70s and has a flip phone. So I look at her as the least technical person anybody could ever know. So if my mom can read your tweet and know that there is some kind of sponsored content affiliate link, then you've met the test. All right. That's awesome. So let's get a little bit more complicated. I have a really quick question for you. Uh, how familiar are you familiar are you with Twitch? Not as familiar as I think you are, but a little bit. <laughs> all right. So are you aware of how titles and streams and all of that kind of stuff go? Not really. No. All right. So so right now we're live on twitch.tv slash Bottlespark. And it says Bottlespark Ignite with Jamie Lieberman. Lieberman. Uh, sometimes uh, people might have a sponsor. And so in that, in that case, it might be beard.com, right? And so if beard.com is the sponsor of their stream, do they need to put hashtag ad in their stream title? I would need to see how it looks. So it would be, I'd need to sort of see a visual of what it was. If there was anything that was advertising, say beard.com, for example, if you were somehow, if there was a link, if there was something that you were letting the world know that they were sponsoring that stream, then yes. But okay. if they, you know, if they don't, if they don't, if you don't know anything about beard.com, so say you get into the podcast or mm -hmm. into, you know, into the stream or whatever the case may be then you just need to make sure that it's clear in the language. Gotcha. So if like beard.com wants you to write something specific on the stream or drive traffic to their website, then yes. But if there's nothing in there that's driving people anywhere, unless they want you to write sponsored by beard.com, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's sort of, does, does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely makes sense to me. Hopefully it makes sense to everybody out in the audience. My uh, next question is, so there's chat on Twitch, right? There are people chatting to us right now, uh, asking questions, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, the, those chat messages can have links in them. Uh, do we need to put hashtag ad in the stream title if we're linking to beard.com in the chat and we put hashtag ad in the chat message? It should just be in the chat message. Okay. So, so it can't be, it needs to be before that clickable link. Right. Before the message. So that that's the key, right? So if you have, you have your sort of stream and you put your link in there and you're like, this is sponsored. Well, I mean, you, you don't even have, you could just say, this is sponsored by beard.com. Yep. I guess I'm using hashtag ad as shorthand sure. for, yeah. for all the various words that you can use. That's uh, fair. My, uh, my big question is well first so so right the rule is it needs to be in close proximity to the link going out right yeah. and that means it's probably not cool to say that some links on this page might be sponsored in like your bio right the ftc has specifically said that that's not enough of a disclosure 
Gotcha. Okay. And so now let's talk about like free games. There's a lot of people out here on Twitch that get free games from game developers. And do they need to do that for free games? Um, the, the answer is yes. The FTC has said that if you receive product, um, then yes, you need to disclose that you've received that product. If you're, yes, if you receive the product and you're talking about the product, um, mm-hmm. then yeah. I mean, if you just get it and you don't tell anybody about it, you know, <laughs> right. there's nothing to disclose. <laughs> right, but if right. you're talking about it as an influencer, yes, product as well. Experiences too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if someone were to send you on a trip, You'd need, they weren't paying you any money, but you had a hotel stay. You need to disclose that as well. So, so in the realm of games, if a game is free, but it has paid for content in it, for instance, Fortnite's really popular right now, and you can buy skins in that game. Mm-hmm. If the folks at Epic Games who who made Fortnite were to give me free skins and those kinds of things, uh, do I need to disclose that? Are you going to be talking about the skins? I might be. I mean, people might talk about it, and I might talk about it in return. Yeah. So about it for sure if you're just using it and you're not really talking about it or there's nothing you're not driving anyone anywhere then no but if you're talking about it then yes so if i if i get a free game from somebody and i never actually link to them do i have to disclose that because we're not driving traffic but if you talk about them you do okay somebody could google it so it's not just a link but it's any kind of statement that you've got that you're playing it and you've gotten it for free, you should disclose it. Yeah. Gotcha. That would be my advice. So so now here's the question that I didn't have an answer for, and we argued for hours about in our FTC channel, which is <laughs> how long do I have to disclose? Because, for instance, there are a lot of people here on Twitch that play Warframe. And Warframe's a free game. And there are a lot of Warframe partners, and and they let you know they put that in their bio and stuff like that. But they also link to Warframe, but that's the only game they play. They've been playing it for years. Do they need to disclose that all the time, every time? So it really depends on what you've got, what you've gotten, and what you're talking about. So there is a lot. If if the FTC were talking, they would say you should disclose it at all times, every time. That is the safest answer. Mm-hmm. I think it's not as black and white, um, and obviously each case is different. Um, but it would really depend on what you're getting and what you're talking about. If you are talking about something that you got of value, even if it's for years later, but you still got it for a va- value for it, and you're talking about it, and you're driving traffic, and you're doing all of those things, then yeah, there's an argument to be said that you should disclose that. Okay. Um, what if I so Twitch is a live environment, right? So it's not like it's po, you know pre-produced yeah. video that I can control the message in. People could talk to me or all those kinds of things. What if I don't know that I'm going to be talking about it? I'm not sure. Maybe you can. So explain. let's say um, so one of the people that recently did uh, a, um, a a round of sponsorships with us is a company called Menlo, right? So they send clothes and people will ask you where you got your clothes or something like that, but you don't know when they're going to ask you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do, because I sometimes wear Menlo clothes, uh, do I need to, to always be disclosing them in my stream? Or if, is it okay that that one-off time that somebody asks me if I don't, you know, if, if it's not always in my stream, but maybe when they ask me, I say, Oh, by the way, I got this for free from Menlo. Is that okay? Well, are, did Menlo send it to you for the purpose of you wearing it so that, that you can be seen wearing it because you're a person of influence who people may want to go out and buy what you're wearing? Then, yeah, you should disclose that. What about if it's like a year later and I've actually completely forgotten? 
<laughs> I mean, I think I think the argument is probably that it, it, it's a little more attenuated. Um, I don't think that there's. I know a lot of people crave black and white answers to FTC disclosure questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think the odds of the FTC being upset in that scenario are pretty small. So I probably wouldn't lose too much sleep about it. Um, gotcha. But you know, if you are if you are someone who people look to and you were sent those clothes with the express reason of you wearing them and, and being seen wearing them. It's like an, it's like on Instagram, right? If I throw up a picture and I was gifted a shirt and I'm posting about that shirt or mm-hmm. you're supposed to disclose that. Right. Right. Okay. So the, and this is what more or less what we argued about is when do you disclose, if you don't know that you're going to be talking about something, do you need to disclose? How long do you need to disclose for uh, all of that kind of stuff, because there are a lot of people on Twitch playing games. You know, there are people that were gifted uh, paid games, right, like Fallout or um, games like that, and they're still playing it. They have things like Fallout Friday. Literally, I don't know when that game came out. I think it was like three or four years ago, right? And they're still playing it, and they got that for free. And at the end of the day, they're playing a game for a publisher uh, on a platform where lots of people can see them. That arguably creates some amount of interest all of that kind of stuff and so the question is should they be disclosing every time i think the gaming industry is unique in that way right because you don't typically see products have such a long lifetime Um, right a lot of times in the influencer space it is played you know in other versions fashion food they use it once never use it again um and even for example say we had a food influencer and they had something with heinz ketchup Every time they post about Heinz, they wouldn't necessarily have to um, say that they were sponsored by Heinz because Heinz didn't pay them to talk about maybe that later post. Right. Um, And so I think you have to look at sort of the context uh, in what you are doing and what the intent was and, and whether or not, I mean, if this person's been playing the same game every single Friday for the past three to four years... Uh, you know, I think at a certain point, you probably would be safe not really to be disclosing anymore. But, you know, I think that's a, it depends on your, the risks you're willing to take. You know, they're just like, I, Uh-oh. we lost you a little bit there. Can you repeat oh. like the last sentence you had or so? Um, ah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there aren't, I, there, you know, there aren't hard and fast black and white rules. And yep. so, you know, that. The FTC very rarely is why there's so many arguments actually comes out and says, yes, no, maybe so. Um, I think that this is something fairly unique to the gaming industry that unless it was an extremely high, high dollar amount, I'm guessing the FTC. And this is a guess. I'm not an FTC attorney. Right. <laughs> close attention to it. So you're much more familiar with, with Instagram than, than something like Twitch, right? Sure. Are, are you familiar with Linktree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if people are putting their links in their link tree to their uh, – because that's a very like kind of sparsely populated site, right? Uh, so if they're putting links to their sponsors in their link tree, uh, do they need to put hashtag ad or whatever disclosure next to that? Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. And um, or can is it possible for them to put it like somewhere in their title there or in that – you know, uh, however that works? Not, not just in a link but in their Instagram bio or something like that? Well, the – because to go to the link tree, you typically have to go into the Instagram bio mm-hmm. uh, in order to find the link tree. Um, 
but the problem is if you click into that link tree and somehow somebody missed it, I mean, I guess there's a question. As long as the person can see it before they're clicking away and they know, because a lot of times in the link trees, maybe there's 10 links. And mm -hmm. so maybe two of them are sponsored and eight of them are not. Right. Some of so, them might be social or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. You never know. And so sometimes they might just be something that a person really loves and it's not sponsored. Gotcha. So I think that that's the only issue that you come is you need to know what, as long as you you know what link is sponsored um, and it's pretty clear and there's no other way to come at that link tree where I could come at it from a different angle. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, and uh, I'm not a lawyer, right? So uh, I'm always like, Disclosure, not a lawyer. Uh, oh, how about my disclosure? This is only information. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not your lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Totally right. Um, and so um, what are the, the like, I feel like a lot of influencers, there are people on Twitch with 10 concurrent viewers or 20 concurrent viewers, right? They're not Kim Kardashian. They're not some NFL player, whatever it is. Uh, in my heart, I try not to say this out loud. And yet here I am on a podcast saying it out loud. In my heart, I feel like the FTC doesn't care about most people, right? They probably care about Ninja on Twitch. They probably care about Shroud. Those guys have put up 70,000 people every time they turn their webcam on. Uh, the the people with, with 13 people watching, uh, uh, do they need to worry? The answer is, as of now, no. The FTC has not done anything for anyone who is not of a very large sort of global influence. Mm -hmm. um, and they have also not, they've really been targeting brands. So I don't know how many, I haven't seen a lot. And I know that there's certainly not as many formalities or, or contracts in the gaming industry between influencers and gaming companies. Mm -hmm. Cause I've been contacted by some gaming companies who are kind of like, I need to send a contract. <laughs> right. Probably. Um, so I know that there are not nearly as many formalities. And so a lot of times where you see this, honestly, is a lot in fashion. Um, fashion is where there's a lot more gifts and a lot more of that back and forth. And there are a lot larger audiences um, on those platforms that are more heavily used. And the brands are just these huge global brands. And so the FTC right now is just making examples of them. That isn't to say that in a, a couple of years they will continue to trickle down but all the enforcement actions that i've seen and that have come out and all those letters are influencers with millions upon millions of of followers on multiple platforms and what they've done has been egregious um so it's been like a no-brainer you know receiving 10 15 grand and, and not disclosing anything kind of thing gotcha and then uh, i think uh, kim was it kim kardashian one of the kardashians got caught for actually putting her hashtag ads in like three or four days later, right? That was the thing that happened. Yeah. Uh, don't do that, folks. Yeah, don't do that. Well, if you realize you forgot, go back. Right. <laughs> don't do it on purpose. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna uh, take a, a wild left turn here. We're going to talk about uh, contests and sweepstakes and all of that kind of stuff. So in order to do that, I need to tee you up a little bit on Twitch, how Twitch works. Travis was talking about it earlier in the, in the uh, news. And uh, September is coming up. Uh, and so on Twitch, you can follow somebody and you can also subscribe to them. And when you subscribe to somebody, you can pay between $5 and $25. That money gets split between the person that you, you're subscribing to and Twitch. And so basically, 
there's this situation in which you can create incentives for people to subscribe to you by saying, hey, subscribe to me and we're going to do a sub-only giveaway and give a free game away, right? Let's say the game is Fallout because I brought them up earlier. So we're going to give away a copy of Fallout to one of our subs. Uh, Is that legal? So the answer is you can can run... Yes, but you typically have to, because sweepstakes run, sweepstakes rules run state by state. So every state is different, which is mm-hmm. why having, you know, you have all that fine print. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you have the ability to enter sweepstakes with no purchase necessary, that's the fine print that you need. So you need someone to be able to enter in a way where they don't have to buy anything. Gotcha. That's when you start to fall into the lottery. Um, and mm-hmm. the lotteries are illegal to, for, to, for anybody to run, and you don't want to go there. So the no purchase necessary language is really important. And you do have to allow people to enter who've not bought anything. So in the case of Gleam, right? You're familiar with Gleam, I assume, gleam.io. Mm-hmm. You can you can say, follow me on Twitch, no purchase necessary, right? Uh, and everybody gets one entry. Subs get 100 extra entries. Is that okay? Yeah, as long as somebody can get get an entry without purchasing something, that should be fine. You can get extra entries. Um, you don't want to tip it too far because um, you, you also run the risk of, but, but you can do that where you can do, you know, if you've ever gone on any of those raffle copters where they have sort of like the extra ways that you can enter and get extra entries, that's fine. But you do need to let people enter with no purchasal at all. Got you. Got you. And, and it's like that in every state. Uh, I mean, like, so obviously every state is different, right? So, uh, so on Twitch, your viewers might be in all 50 states. They might be in different countries. How do you deal with that? Yeah, so it would be governed by the state. So with different countries, there's there's not much you can really do. They're coming to you in the United States. Um, and so for there to be an issue in another country, I can't really speak to anything other than the 50 states. Um, and so typically what people do is they put in their fine print, like not valid in states. This isn't valid kind of thing. I'm oh, sure gotcha. you those, or, you know, it's not valid. If it's not valid, then you can't enter. And that's on you to figure out kind of thing. So you don't have to do like a full, you know, there's always that little fun fine print. And there's certain states, you know, there's certain requirements to with sweepstakes in certain states. It's, the value is over a few thousand dollars. You have to have like a bond. There's like a lot of crazy stuff that can go into more higher level sweepstakes. Um, and so you just have to be careful, keep the prizes a little bit lower in value. If you can, don't go too crazy. Um, make the no purchase necessary and have that fine print, which just says if it's not valid where you are, then you can't, you're not in no, no one under the age of 18. That's another important one. I'm sure you have I don't know if the Twitch platform allows people under the age of 18. I'm guessing they might. All the way Um, down to 13. Yeah. So you have to be really careful there. You don't want to be dealing with anyone between the ages of 13 and 18, particularly if they're in the EU, because there's all new privacy laws. Privacy Mm -hmm. is a big issue. So that's another thing I would make it so that your sweepstakes are for 18 and older. Got you. And so... In the case of, so let's say, you know, U.S. only, we're just kind of assuming, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm in, let's say I'm in Las Vegas, right? Where, uh, are lotteries legal in Las Vegas? Is that a thing? It's the way that the, the states run them. Okay. So you, you just don't want to touch them. <laughs> just don't yeah. touch it. Don't do that. <laughs> so, 
know. <laughs> so one of the most common things for people to do is to do chat-based giveaways, right? So like if, if we decided to do one right now, we probably could. Uh, I think we have the bot capacity to do so. And uh, typically we say anybody that's talked in the last two minutes or everybody that runs this command, exclamation point, giveaway, or whatever it is, we're going to give away a $25 Amazon gift card or something like that. That happens all the time on Twitch, especially for free games, uh, especially when game publishers have provided those games for free to the person playing them all sorts of layers here i'm sure and <laughs> and and so it's okay to run that probably chat wide for all of your people in chat and it's not okay to run that in sub only mode one would assume right i would i would just give people the opportunity to you know still be in the um, in the sweepstakes mm-hmm. or to um, who are not subs Gotcha. And so so I think probably to get to the black and white answer, people are looking for no sub only giveaways, right? I wouldn't recommend it. Yep. Okay. Uh, although that may vary based on the state you're in and you should look into it, question mark? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, talk to a lawyer <laughs> if you if you think that, you know, if, if you have a question, a specific question, these are just this is just really general information. It's just, you know, you, you certainly need to have that alternative. But no purchase necessary. That is like sweepstakes one oh one. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so that's the bulk of my questions. I'm going to wrap back around afterwards uh, if Amanda and Travis don't have any questions and uh, ask you some personal stuff and not personal, uh, but like not bottle spark stuff, not legal stuff, all of that kind of stuff. Um, So Travis and Amanda, do you have any questions? What would you say is the safest way just to make sure you're covered if you are getting something for free or sponsored? So if you're an influencer and you receive some product money um, and you're talking about it, um, I honestly think the safest way is to say, I got this for free. And uh, this is, this is, these are my opinions. I wouldn't be talking about it if I didn't think it was awesome. Um, But you, you know, just the disclosure is I got it. This is what I love about it. This is why. Also, we have a question, an audience question. I just want to ask real quick. Um, KCUF321 says, um, so let's say you forget how to disclose. How do you come back to that after the fact? Uh, you've, so it dep- So if it's a live chat and the chat goes away, not really much you could do at that point. It's gone. It's out in the air. If it's a living, breathing post, something you can go back to, I would just go back in and add your hashtag or add your natural language if you can. I think contextually, a lot of the the people that we're talking to right now are people creating live video, right? So obviously they can't go back in a live video. Uh, If you realize two minutes later, you can probably, you know, do a little uh, correction or that kind of thing. Uh, Although if you realize much later, can't really do much about it. Maybe you can edit a description or something somewhere. I really think that as long as the FTC thinks you're trying, it's you're in better shape. So if you make a good faith effort, because I think the thing the thing that I saw with all of those enforcement actions, it was so blatant. It was so obvious. People getting so many, so many things for such high dollar amounts and just blatantly choosing not to. If you got something for free and you just accidentally forgot to mention it, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. If you can go back and edit things, if you can go back and change descriptions, you should. Um, but I don't I don't think it's the end of the world. So to add on to that, actually, as well, um, let's say we're looking at Twitter uh, and someone forgets their hashtag or a hashtag ad or whatever it is. 
uh, it's then pointed out and realized that is doing a follow-up tweet in the thread an acceptable way saying, oh yeah, by the way, this is an ad? Or should they be deleting the tweet, restarting it? No matter how many retweets they've already got. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the short answer is you should probably delete your tweet no matter how many retweets you have, just because um, of the clickable link. You know, I need you to understand that I'm going to be chopping up this <laughs> clip and tweeting it so often. Um, that's, so that's 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 you know you you got to disclose Tra- Travis is his own one man disclosure army on Twitter. I not, not look. I don't. Oh, you do have you you do have other as people much, as, as much anymore. I have extreme frustration <laughs> because I know that I can look at a tweet and an Instagram post and a blog post. I know when it's sponsored, and I know when it hasn't been disclosed. And I know that because I read the stuff all day, every day, all the time. I read the contracts. I know what it's supposed to look like. And I know a lot of the campaign. So I know your frustration when you're doing it right. And, you know, engagement is a big thing. And I get that frustration. There's a lot of people who just don't follow the rules. And it's super frustrating for those of us that do. So... That leads us to a question of, let's say you you <laughs> get to the point of frustration and you have a little bit of time. Um, what is it exactly that you can do if you see somebody really blatantly doing that? I mean, there's, you know, you can obviously report them to the FTC if that's what you really there want to do. Um, not saying that you should. <laughs> uh, but it, you, a lot of enforcement actions do come because people have made complaints. So you absolutely make a consumer complaint because that's the FTC is there to protect consumers. Mm-hmm. That's the, the fundamental thing that, you know, it, it's there to protect the people who are looking at people of influence. I know a lot of people feel frustrated because they say, well, magazines don't have to do this. And, you know, television shows, because it's so obvious. Like when you see an ad in a TV show, if you watch television with ads anymore, you know, that's a paid for advertisement. If you read a magazine and you see an ad, you know, it's been paid for. But a lot of times people don't know. They really don't. And so that's what these rules are designed to protect is to make sure that when people are taking the advice of someone with influence, they know that the opinion or not the opinion, but the, the post has been paid for. I have a question about that. So if I do a mid-roll ad right in the middle of my stream that I do, right, that's not coming from Twitch's ad platform or anything like that, and like, do I need to disclose that if it's if it's clearly like let's say I, I know G Fuel has an ad right? Uh, mm-hmm. G Fuel is an energy supplement company, uh, mm-hmm. and they they have a thirty second ad that they send me. Can I just run that without like yeah. disclosing it? You absolutely can because it is clearly an ad. So okay. as long as people hear it and they're like, "Oh, I'm listening to an ad right now," that's fine. That's clear and conspicuous. What about now? Uh, now I'm just like I like to push the extremes and then come into the gray middle. Uh, you are literally a law professor's. Like this is what they do to us in law school. What if? What if? So how about an ad read? I'm sorry, an ad what? Ad read. So I'm not playing a, a pre-cut commercial. I am reading from a script sure. that I was given as far as talking points from them. Um, I think you would need to make sure that it was obvious that it's you're actually reading it. Those can go either way. Um, you know, a lot of times they'll say this episode is brought to you by you used beard.com earlier. This episode's brought to you by beard.com and then you go into your ad read. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you have to be a little more careful with those because it may just sound like you're just talking about a product. 
Gotcha. And do we need to hashtag add the fact that we brought up beard.com a bunch of times, even though it was in the context <laughs> of hashtag adding? Are they, are they your actual sponsor? They not, not, not of this, not of this. They're sponsors oh. to our streamers. Oh, if they're not sponsoring this, then <laughs> I mean, you could certainly mention that they are sponsors of yours in other aspects and you're just giving them a shout out. We do have that lovely beard command in chat. <laughs> It's good times. That one probably doesn't have hashtag out on it. Well, then again, that's linking to us. So yeah. I don't know. So that actually uh, does lead me to something that I think is very interesting is let's say that we, you are dealing with somebody that like actually works for a company. So we have a lot of streamers out there that will literally, they're an employee of a company as well. Yeah. Um, at what point, if they're on their own personal side, of things. So they're on their own personal Twitter account and they're tweeting about how they love the new Final Fantasy game and they happen to work with Square Enix who makes it. Is that a disclosure that needs to be done? Absolutely. Okay. Most right. companies actually have social media policies about that. I write mm -hmm. those for companies where um, it's there's a lot of those, and it depends on the sophistication of the company, how much the company cares, how large the company is. But we definitely have a lot of companies that come to us and ask us to write social media policies because a lot of their employees are influencers. But that should absolutely be disclosed by that employee. Okay. And so actually, I want to get back to the people that uh, sometimes have free time and are petty enough that would report to the FTC certain violations they see from people that do it a lot. Uh, and this is where I want to talk to you as the person, not necessarily the lawyer. Someone who shares this frustration of mine. <laughs> Um, is this is this something that you think maybe should be done just to make sure, like, to potentially drive some awareness from the FTC? Because I think they just don't know about what a lot of it is that we're doing here on Twitch, what you're seeing on podcasts and things like this as much. Uh, is that something that you think um, is a way that kind of catches their attention? with like, hey, you have to deal with this in some way. It's the government. <laughs> Um, I, I'd like to say that that complaint would do something. I, I honestly don't know if it would. Yeah. Um, I, I am a true believer, you know, I am a true believer in disclosures. I think they're incredibly important. I think when done correctly, sponsored content, whatever the sponsored content can be highly effective. Um, and I think that there's something to be said for those disclosures and I don't have an issue with it. Um, it's the same with the privacy policy laws. They're good things. They frustrate the heck out of people, but they're important. Like people, you know, need to know what data is collected about them. So, like people need to know that when you're talking about a product, if I trust you, I would like to know that you've been paid to talk about it. Um, so I, I, I'd love to, in an idealistic world, <laughs> think that the FTC would, would jump all over it, but I, I don't know if they would, to be honest. Um, but you never know. With enough complaints, they might. I'm not trying to incite anything, though. <laughs> no, we're not saying that you definitely should do that. Yeah, no. Uh, or, no, that's no. no, that's definitely not what we're trying to do. Um, <laughs> so what is it that that we can do then? Um, like, what, what are the ways that you found been most effective to educate people that you think uh, are clearly new to being an influencer um, and just maybe don't know better? Like, what are maybe the resources that you personally have provided that can that we can point people to? So the FTC actually did an unbelievable Twitter chat, uh, maybe over a little over a year ago. I think the hashtag was influencer one hundred and one. I will was. double check that, and you can yes. search that hashtag. We actually 
we participated in that and we actually I wrote a, sure. yeah, we, uh, I th- I'm pretty sure I saw you in there and that's why I was like, Oh, we should reach out to Jamie. Yeah. Uh, we wrote a it blog was, post about it too. It was great. And I think that is the best information because frankly, all we're really doing is guessing. There's no law that, that is like, there's no courts that have written about it. There's enforcement actions that I've read. There are some court cases that have settled. Um, there's definitely some clear rules um, you guys sort of are living in a bit of a different world that I think that Influencer 101 chat wasn't so cued in on. And yeah. so I think there is something to be said for sort of making the FTC aware that there are all these other industries that you may not even know about. Because the questions that you're asking me are very different questions than I typically advise. And we can apply the and conspicuous rule. I've read that document so many times. <laughs> I promise you, the FTC did not contemplate that somebody received a copy of a video game and is going to play it for the next four years and talk about it for four years. And I know that's very real in this world. So I think that that's important because I think what it's ever evolving what the definition of that clear and conspicuous language is and what it applies to. Um, I think that that is constantly changing People want and think the law is very black and white, and it's very frustrating to people because it's not, um, which is why you get my fancy, it depends, uh, (laughs) answer sometimes. And I I hate giving those answers because I really do want to give people tangible information. But we could go down a rabbit hole of a million different hypotheticals, which may not even be hypothetical. They're like, they're very real, but that the FTC hasn't spoken about because they they don't even know about it, to be honest with you. It's it's kind of funny. Um, our FTC help channel is full of tweets from the influencer 101, uh, chat. And believe it or not, there were a lot of gamers talking, uh, during that. And I also feel like there's this kind of hashtag ad reignition of the fire, uh, every year or two years. Uh, people that have been in this industry for a long time have seen it happening since like 2001, uh, uh, maybe even before, I don't know. That's kind of when I started to cut my teeth in this industry. And so, you know, we had, we, we referenced those tweets a lot and, and specifically the, how long do you have to disclose? That was one of the the tweets that never got answered by the FTC. And so we're like, what do we do? What do we do? (laughs) Did you love when they just flat out ignored it? (laughs) Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. nope. Yeah, not answering that. I saw a few of those, um, but I was just so psyched at how much they answered. Yeah, how long is a tough one? I mean, you know, we definitely in in some of the other influencer spaces where you have people who have blogs and they're writing about something. Sometimes they'll strip um, a a post of all the sponsored content and they'll leave it as an evergreen post. Instagram, and that really depends on your arrangement with the brand. So if you are getting into situations where you are contracting with brands, maybe you're an ambassador for a video game company or something, and you're writing about it, talking about it, doing video about it, whatever the case may be, and you have a very, very popular video um, that you can edit, (laughs) um, and you don't want it to be sponsored anymore, and you want to pull all the sponsorship out, as long as your contract says it's okay, you can do that, and then you can get rid of your disclosures, but you just have to make sure that all of those sponsored links, all of that, all anything that's messaging that's going to push you to a brand um, is out. And I do see people do that. You know, people will negotiate those where they'll say, all right, I'll leave this up as a sponsored post for sponsored video for six months. And then I'm, I'm taking it down and I'm, I'm going to keep the content because it's great, but I'm going to take out all the sponsored part. 
Yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting line too. Uh, we're we're, t- we're sliding into a bit of the kind of culturally where we sit as a company. We don't like one. We don't like our advertisers to dictate what we say about their products, uh, oh, yeah. and won't ever work with people that do dictate that kind of stuff. And we recently had a thing um, where um, advertisers uh, were potentially providing better stuff to our influencers as opposed to, you know, what normal people would have gotten. And that didn't rub us the right way, right? Like those kinds of things. We try to avoid those situations. On top of that, uh, we try to make sure that everybody always gets paid for the stuff that they do. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, those of you that are watching the video, Sparky is down in the bottom right-hand corner, and we paid for that. It's a thing that we own now. We have copyright to Sparky. Uh, Jamie has no idea what we're talking about. This is a tweet that Travis randomly made last week, uh, and somebody drew it up, and we bought the the rights to that. So that's kind of awesome. So anyway, um, we I think we have uh, an audience question from Amanda, right? Yes, we do. Um, this one's a bit of a long one, so let's get into it. Uh, fried hit. Uh, I have kind of an unrelated question. In math and computing, to avoid ambiguity, people pay a lot of attention to formal languages, set theories, etc. Wouldn't it be a good idea to define the law in a computer parsable way, like a formal language to describe the law that would force the law writers to specify all entities and concepts or clearly define them as ambiguous? That is the opposite of the law. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie doesn't want that because then she doesn't have as many jobs probably Um, you know I I I actually don't litigate anymore so that wouldn't be I was a litigator a trial lawyer for a very long time before um, I did what I do now Um, and all the trial lawyers would basically be out of business if that were the case unfortunately while I think that that is an excellent theory in practice that would never play out it can't and this is a definite like we can I will happily hop on your, your FTC chat and I will have a philosophical conversation about the law. Um, but the one thing I try to tell people is like if you're looking for actual justice in the law, you're not going to get it. <laughs> it's really not about fairness. Um, it is unfortunately that's just not how our legal system works. Um, it works in ambiguities um, and it, it's very my brain as a lawyer is trained to think about every worst case scenario, like literally Armageddon when a client comes to me and is like, what do you think about this? I think about every awful thing that could ever happen. And there is absolutely no way that you could account for some of the things that happen in legal transactions to do that. So while that is an amazing theory and works in math as an engineer by trade, which is what I was for my bachelor's, (laughs) um, it doesn't work in the law, unfortunately. (laughs) It's forever the gray area. Forever. Uh, so really quick, before we we kind of slide out of the podcast, uh, I want you to just talk about you a little bit. You have your podcast. Um, I want you to talk about where we can find you, what you're doing. Uh, if people want to hire you, where they go for that. I assume that's limited by state, question mark. It depends. <laughs> it depends. Um, so, so fire off. Talk about yourself for a little bit. So... Um- I am a partner and a founder of Hashtag Legal, and we are a purely virtual law firm, which is pretty cool. Um, we specialize in the influencer marketing space, but we also work with lots of creatives, service professionals as well. It just so happens that people typically tend to want to talk to us because of our expertise in the influencer space. Um, we work with influencers, we work with brands, we work with networks that connect them. 
Um, and we do all transactional work. So we do a lot of federal work, which is trademarks and copyright. We didn't even touch on any of that. Oh, we're going to. And yeah, I'm so glad we have a nice segue. <laughs> oh, oh, apparently we're not segueing out of the podcast. Travis is going to go ahead. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Um, really, right. I've had a question for two weeks. I've been waiting to ask. Oh, my goodness. I feel like you guys have brought me on to just ask me a whole bunch of the questions that have been plaguing you. <laughs> uh, well, we have, we have. We have hundreds of people that need legal advice, uh, and and we'll talk more about that later, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, no, we can we can pile up questions for days. I'm I'm happy to answer all those questions for you guys. You can throw me in your chat, and I can pop in when you need me. Yes. So I'm yeah, happy to. Of course, I, I did just yeah. see you're on Discord, which is awesome. I am now, so you've introduced me to a whole new world, which is kind of cool. I love that. By the so, way, we're Discord partnered now. Just out of a chill that. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, so we do that. We do, you know, we work with people on company structures. We do a lot of contract work. We all do a lot of terms and conditions, which makes everybody want to cry and go to sleep. But I actually really love a lot of privacy. So app developers, websites, terms and conditions, really intense ones. We write a lot of those, a lot of that fine print. Um, the state by state issues really depend on what it is you need us to do. We have lawyers all over the country, which is kind of cool. Um, and so we are also lawyers that don't use legalese. So, uh, we try to make it easy. We try to make it not scary. Um, we try to make it accessible and we're quick to answer and we are not, we're never, ever going to make you feel bad or scared. And that is pretty much what the tenant that runs hashtag legal. My podcast is the businesses influencer marketing podcast. And we talk all about influencer marketing. We interview professionals like content creators, we, we um, interview people who work with influencers, we interview brands, we interview a lot of people that are just sort of interested in the business of influencer marketing. So um, anything from, for some people, it's, we just had somebody on who is a Pinterest expert, might not be the exact audience here. <laughs> but for a lot of influencers, it's important. Um, and we have, we've had lots of different people that have come on to talk about things that are important to all different types of influencers. Gotcha. It sounds like a, like, like a probably broader version of what we're doing here, right? We're, we're focused on live streaming, right? There's all of that ancillary stuff that comes with it. Uh, So if people like this podcast, obviously they should go listen to your podcast, right? And you guys are 40, 51 episodes in. Yes, we are. 52 is actually the Pinterest episode. Oh, gotcha. Um, which is, so that's coming Thursday. But we've had loads of, I mean, we have, we've had someone come on and talk about productivity because one of the biggest things we hear people talk about is like, how do I get it all done when I'm running a business? Right, right. Um, we definitely have, we've had people come on who run one of the oldest influencer networks. We've had brands come on to talk about how you work with brands, things like that. So, it sounds exactly like our plan. Um, and you probably didn't know that I've I like love listening to your podcast. It actually shows up in our like advice channel sometimes. I'm like, hey, go listen to this. Thank you. I'm honored. Yeah, yeah. huge fan. Thank you. Okay, I have I have this big question. <laughs> go. This requires a bit of setup. Okay. Um, and <laughs> some crystal ball action. Can I can I just tell you that you guys have asked me the most questions I've ever been asked about the FTC. And I spoke at the Public Relations Society of America's <laughs> annual conference about the FTC, and that huge group of people did not have this many questions. Look, so man, we have a whole channel dedicated not to legal help, 
to yeah. FTC help. <laughs> it is called FTC help. And I think it's our second most uh, used channel in the Discord after the general channel where we put in opportunities. In that, I need to get in that channel. We'll, get you, we'll, we'll, we'll set you up. Don't worry. I promise. You're an influencer, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, 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 we're, uh, we will. Um, so, to, to, to as some backstory, uh, inherently, all of what happens with gaming on Twitch violates copyright law just by streaming the game without express permission from the content or the the game makers oh. to do it right this is a, this is a pervasive legal thought but ultimately the developers don't care because it's free press and they're fine. well there's okay. the fair use argument yes because but let's, let's not get it <laughs> okay because you're not replacing the game if well and the, the big one that uh first off nintendo disagrees <laughs> but they're insane about the copyright. Japanese copyright law, by the way, is the most insane strict I don't know in the world. About that. <laughs> it's super fascinating. But anyway, that's a whole digression. Um, so a, a lot of the argument is that it's especially for like a single player story based game. Oh. It I is see. essentially, you know, it is a replacement almost. But let's just go ahead and say they're all on the same playing field for that. Um, that there have been cases and DMC takedowns along those lines in the past. Steam and Valve sell these video games. They are the marketplace and they have been for 20 years now. They're the number one dominant market, uh, a seller of video games on the PC market and have been for a long time. They are now branching into their own streaming service for these video games, except from Twitch and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. The concern that I saw that scared the crap out of me family friendly here, uh, is that what if with either their own games that they make or with licensing deals with other game developers, they say that if you want to stream game X, you must do it on our platform. Mm -hmm. Okay, now that's a general fear for the industry. That is a huge concern. I get that. Would it be legal to essentially say you can only do this otherwise generally accepted as a potentially legally gray or not legal thing on this platform. We won't do anything about it here, but if you do the same thing on other places, you are not protected and we can DMCA takedown or sue you. Is that legal to do, to sue in one place and say, this is only the safe place you could do, uh, but not these other things for the same actions? So, so there's a few things to that. This is a very complicated question, obviously. Yes. So we're going to <laughs> and answer as, as we can. So the first answer is, generally speaking, when you have an intellectual property right, trademark copyright, <clears throat> it is your responsibility to prosecute that right. So by not prosecuting that right, you actually lose or can lose, depending on what happens, some of the protections you get. So for example... The reason why Disney is incredibly litigious about prosecuting its trademark is because if it lets everybody use the Disney trademark without, or the light, the figures, you know, unlicensed, then they lose those protections. So there is an argument that if these companies were to say go after one platform but not another platform, that they're sort of sitting on their rights a little bit with this other platform, and there'd be an argument that you can't pick and choose. But what is missing from that is they own this other platform. 
So they are able to essentially license those copyright games to this platform. And so if they had a, a correct agreement between them and that platform, which says you have the exclusive license to do the streaming, then they are free to do that. Okay, so in this case, they're basically, they're selling their own games. They make like four games. They happen to be massively popular games. There's only four of them. Mm -hmm. And the other million plus games that are on their service are third parties that are just selling on their platform. Mm -hmm. So for their own games, they'd totally be fine to say, you can use it here because it's our platform. Mm -hmm. But if they were to make it, if they were to reach a deal with another company to say, hey, you have to only allow streaming on our service, not Mm -hmm. these other ones, that you could say legally, they'd have a hard time no, they can, they can, so if they went to those third party companies, cause now you're talking licensing and mm-hmm. licensing is where people make all their money, right? Like that's where you make your money. You license your intellectual property. And so anybody I tell who's a content creator license. Um, and so if I go and I, and I strike a deal, this companies strike a deal with other companies saying, come to only our platform. And we want to make sure that this is only streamed through our platform and we will pay for that or we'll somehow have some kind of agreement where we have this exclusive license. They certainly could do that and they could require them not to allow it on other streaming platforms. But the other issue is you you may have some potential fair use defenses to the copyright infringement depending on how it's used. And obviously there's so many layers to that because there's so many different types of games and there's a lot that can be talked about. To use something that you said too, like it depends, right? And anybody can sue <laughs> anybody anytime for anything. And yeah. if they make it a trial, they stand the chance to set precedent there, although there probably isn't much in the way of precedent now. I, I would guess that maybe the closest thing that I can think of is people that produced movies and shows. Uh, licensing that to the platforms that they're on, right? So um, they're, they're uh, I don't know, um, uh, think of a movie, like uh, the new Avengers movie, right? Uh, is licensed to YouTube, but it's not licensed to the random guy on YouTube that ripped the video to yeah. to do it, right? And so it really comes down to to how that licensing happens. And if somebody feels like they got slighted or there's favoritism, there's all sorts of other a precedent, I guess, or, or, you know, this is what trial lawyers are for, right? I mean, really, like, I have a really good friend who I used to practice law with many years ago, who's a licensing lawyer for Columbia. This is all she does is licenses their content out to Netflix, to Hulu, to whoever is going to pay for it. Um, and they are pretty aggressive about pulling down content that's being streamed that isn't licensed. But one of the reasons why is because it is a true replacement. If I can go see that guy's like video, he's like sticky. I'm not going to go rent it or I'm not going to stream it through Netflix or I'm not going to go right. see it in the movie. So it is a true replacement, a true copyright infringement. Um, and, you know, there's there's copyright has multiple. In law school, they call it the bundle of sticks, which is essentially the right. That's what they call I know I always thought of it as like actual sticks. It always made me laugh, but there's, you know, there's definitely, there's different rights you get in your copyright and you can give away or take or, or sell as many or as little of of those rights as you want. So, you know, what essentially you guys are doing is displaying it and that's a right, that's a, a copyright right, but there's ways that you can defend against copyright infringement. You know, fair use is not 
it's just a defense. It still means you're infringing. It just means you're allowed. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of what the distinction is. And so, you know, it would be a different story if you guys were making derivative work, which is making a separate work out of it. Like um, my biggest description of a derivative work is the Harry Potter movies are derivative work of the Harry Potter books. Um, mm -hmm. And so if you were making something out of that versus just displaying it, that's probably why people don't care as much because they still think it's going to drive people to go buy it and play the game themselves. Gotcha. And we actually um, kind of got a crash course in a lot of that, uh, not just copyright, uh, audio copyright, by the way, you brought up Columbia. We work with Atlantic Records and we recently wow. did a, a placement with Cardi B with a bunch oh, of Twitch yeah. streamers. We're actually actively doing round two of that. And wow. so um, we got we, we got thrown into kind of YouTube's copyright system and we got thrown into Twitch's copyright system. And uh, that was kind of interesting, right? YouTube has mechanisms in place to whitelist those kinds of things. So we can run it by the label first and then they can they can say, okay, this video is not going to get slapped for copyright. Uh, on Twitch, though, we have absolutely no recourse other than – so Twitch, uh, when you're live, nothing is muted. Uh, so I could play, you know, Cardi B's new album right now and mm. they won't mute it. Uh, even we do have audio rights to it. Um, so we could do some other person's album that is not an Atlantic Records uh, person. But uh, and and it wouldn't get muted in the live show, but it gets muted in kind of 30 minute segments in the the VODs, right? The the archives of, of the live videos. And on Twitch, your only option is to get muted and then contact their support and then get it unmuted, basically. Oh, uh, yeah, which is fun. <laughs> and we can't do that. Uh, the streamer themselves has to do that, uh, which is great. We can't because we have no say in their channels, right? And so it's a it's a fun kind of situation, although that's kind of like gets down to that, that bundle of sticks for you, right? We have, you know, like that little tiny bit of in the case of the streamers in this program, they can play this audio with no copyright. They can act like a radio station if they want. Yeah, that's interesting. So I don't have any other questions. You, Travis? That was that was, that was I feel satisfied. Uh, <laughs> is as, probably as much as I'm gonna get until Valve does this and hopefully gets sued and we get precedent. Well, we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to talk later, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can envision you in that FTC help channel. We'll get you invited right after the show. I'm so excited for this. I love it. I'd be down for that. I'll yeah. answer your question as best as I can. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, that's all we ask. And, and it's fun. Then I get to learn all about this new world. Which yeah. Is cool. uh, Amanda, do we have any other audience questions or do you have any yourself? Uh, audience questions? No. Myself? No. A lot of information. Still <laughs> <upsetting. laughs> No <laughs> You guys really, we didn't even touch on like the the questions people usually ask me. So this is kind of fun. What has happened here? Well, I'll tell you what, boy, do I like that. Uh, <laughs> is, is there any, like within just a few words, I think, is there anything that you think content creators that are doing live streaming content should be aware of other than FTC stuff? Uh, like what, what are the big highlights? What are some words they should probably Google for themselves later or potentially hire hashtag legal LLC <laughs> to help them with? I think copyright's a big one. Um, I really do. I'm glad we did touch on that a little bit because I think that that's definitely a problem. <laughs> we see a lot of cease and desist uh, come our way. And so just being careful about how you're using other people's content that they've created. Um, my piece of advice is always ask for permission as best as you can. 
Um, your world's a little bit different with the streaming and that's a whole other story, but just any other kind of content that you're creating, just sort of make sure that you, you have permission to be using content as you are. So copyright's definitely a big one. Um, be careful how you're using trademark names. Uh, you can use them to sort of talk about something, but don't, don't use a trademark name or try to pass yourself off as being an owner or a part of that trademark name or in any way sponsored by that trademark name. That could be a problem too. So sorry to everybody named Goku and uh, Sonic the Hedgehog out there on on Twitch. Change your name. No, that's yeah. a little bit different. I mean, usernames are a little bit different. One one of our influencers' well, names is Sandy Ravage. I I'm just waiting because he's kind of big. Like he's he's worth looking at. Uh, and I'm just waiting, just waiting. <laughs> so uh, that did remind me a little bit about one little piece of 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 thing that we talk about with a lot of people and this this almost turns into like the accountant conversation which will probably also happen super sexy uh kind of kind of podcast stuff you think people love this podcast it'll be accountant comes on (laughs) yes and we start talking about taxes we should probably yeah we should do that next january yeah jack for that podcast for different reasons <laughs> so uh llc's yay or nay uh, at a specific point or first when you start up before you even have an audience so my piece of advice is if you are looking to make a business if you are looking to monetize you are going to make a dollar it never hurts to form an llc it just protects your your personal assets from any potential liability so if you do get stopped with that cease and desist or that copyright infringement um at least it's only your business asset so i i am a proponent of llc's um obviously everybody has very specific tax issues that they need to look at some people file s and s corp is not an actual entity it's just a status you take with the government um for tax purposes and your tax professional can talk to you about that but you can be an llc that takes s corp status um but i i'm a i'm a I always recommend that if you're forming a business, just do it from the beginning. And is is that something that your company can help people with? We do. We do a lot of entity formation. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. Go to hashtag legal to make your LLC. How many people in chat or listening to this after the fact even don't have LLCs right now? I'm going to go with all of you. <laughs> Probably. So. We do get a lot of panicked people after I appear on a webinar podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The panic team are like, just take a breath. We're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. And, oh, Ray, Ray Skoda says uh, he doesn't have an LLC, but he's in the UK. So uh, you probably don't know anything about that, right? Yeah. Nope. That's how, that's how it does. All right. Awesome. Uh, I think I'm all good. Amanda, you good? I'm good. Travis, are you good? Uh, you know what? I, I guess. Are you good for now? Travis is like, I'm just going to talk. I wanted to know if I could see Valve. It's really all I got down. I'm not going anywhere, Travis. It's it's fine. No, it's fine. You email me. I'm very good. This was fantastic. And, uh, definitely want to thank you, Jamie, for spending some time with us. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, thank you again for hanging out with us tonight. Is there anything else you feel that we should have touched on that we didn't, that you want a few words about real quick? Oh my gosh. No, I, th- I think we covered a lot. <laughs> well, I think that wraps us up for this week. <laughs> Next week, September 12th, we will be live here at 8 p.m. Eastern time with Carol Lee, an advertise manager. manager. 8.30? Great. 8.30. 8.30. 
Because <laughs> it's words. Words are difficult today. September 12th, 8.30 here, twitch.tv backslash bottle spark. Or if you're listening to us in your ears, wherever you found us. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And where can we find you on the internet, Jamie? Um, our website is hashtag dash legal.com. And I, Jamie is J-A-M-I-E at hashtag dash legal.com. The best way. And any of the at hashtag legals. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. And thank you, chat room and everyone again for seeing us tonight. And we will see you next week.